So frontlines are going to come around. If you need a Bible, please stick up your hand. And if you don't have a Bible of your own, you can take this one home as our gift to you. Today we are reading Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 2. And if you're following along with us, we're on page 1008. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who, for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the Lord of the word of the Lord. Thank you, Jerusha, and thank you, everyone. Man, what an incredible morning it's already been. Uh, many of us are probably like, okay, we can probably go home now, and like, the Spirit of God has met us, and we've been encouraged. I just love stories, like, and I'm just so moved this morning by how God does the saving and God does the work, you know, like Jeff's in his vehicle and his truck and Charles Stanley is preaching. If you don't know who Charles Stanley is, like YouTube him or whatever, but like an old Baptist preacher, like he just finds him like, come on. It's amazing. Even when we as Jesus followers fall short and sharing the good news with others, God's like, I'm going to still keep saving people. So, you know, whatever. Like, it's absolutely amazing. Like, just like give your head a shake every now and again and go like, wow, like God's incredible. He's going to save people. We come alongside him. We'll be obedient. It's amazing stuff. So uh, I don't know. I'm encouraged. And uh, it's been amazing to be with all of you so far this morning. Uh, We're going to take a moment to pause, uh, to check in, do a little bit of like a body check. Emotion check-in, and then we'll keep going. Uh, Identify for yourself right now, how am I feeling? You might invite Jesus into that place of your emotion. Just say, Jesus, I'm tense right now. Jesus, I invite you into my feelings of, of being tense, and then we'll keep going. So Jesus, we thank you for this morning, this opportunity that we have to come and to gather as your people, church. And God, this city is filled with people, God, uh, that don't know you. And so I pray that we would be aware of that. And God, that we would trust that you're up to something and that we would also be people that are grateful for what you've done for us and want to share with others what you're doing in and through our lives. God, might we be generous sharers of this good news And God, we thank you that even when we do not do that, that you're still in the business of rescuing people. And so we thank you this morning that we have the opportunity to gather and that people, Lord, if there's someone here who's never committed their life to following you, God, we really want them to come to know you, Jesus, to understand the love of God shown to them in Christ and that they would be changed. In your son's name we pray. 
Amen. Well, um, two weeks ago, we began a series, a three-part series. It's now turning into four weeks, a full month, where we're talking about technology. Because I don't know about you, but it's overwhelming. Um, maybe after that first week where I talked about how technology can become an idol in our life, you were feeling super convicted. That's at least the main response I got. Or people like avoiding me as you're like leaving. Um, they're like, I don't want to look at him because he spoke something that like spoke right through me. But I really trust that was the spirit of God doing a work in your life. And now you're asking the question, like, what do I do about my tech? Because I can't stop touching my phone. And I'm aware that I keep touching my phone and I don't know how to stop. Um, and next week, we're going to look at boundaries around technology, some of the things I've begun to practice in my life. And, and at least next week, you're not going to hear like what I've mastered. You're going to learn what I'm trying to do now to change these patterns of addictive behavior. But this morning, we're doing something a little bit different. And so I'm going to invite my friend James to come on up. Uh, James has started an organization called Faith Tech. He's going to tell us more about that. But this morning, we're talking about the opportunity of technology. Um, and so James... Why don't we kick it off right there? Why are you here today? Why would I invite you, other than we're friends, but why would I invite you to share with us today about what we're doing? Yeah, well, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. This is awesome. This is phenomenal. I'm so glad to be here. I, I, I'm losing my voice already because I was singing so loud. And I got halfway through one of the songs. I'm like, oh, no, I'm supposed to be speaking. Uh, Jesus, I'm just going to whisper. <laughs> um, but no, this is awesome. Yeah, he hears it. He hears it still. Um, yeah, by the grace of God, I get to lead uh, what God is turning into a really a global movement around the world where people that are in and around technology are realizing, holy smokes, I am super alone and isolated. At the same time, I have all these really cool, unique gifts and talents that I want to use and funnel to change the world, help charities, help churches. And um, at the same time, we're doing this gathering. We're starting to gather these people in and around tech. Uh, they're starting to build technologies that are doing some crazy stuff. And so uh, I think this is probably part of the reason why, why I'm here. But I thought maybe I could just tell that story of, of what is. So this group is called Faith Tech. Um, and it started with a story. Uh, so a few years ago, I had discovered something crazy. I found out that 8,000 people every month Go on Google and search this exact phrase, how to kill yourself, 8,000. And the top search result was seven easy, painless ways to kill yourself. Fourth one down was a YouTube video that showed you how to do it. So I don't know how you feel when you hear that, but I wanted to throw something. I was so upset. 8,000 people, the first thing they're seeing is, here's how to do it. Go do it. Go do it. Here's different ways of doing it. And I didn't know what to do about that. Um, I was about to be in a gathering with a whole bunch of people that uh, love Jesus and want to figure out ways to use technology to advance the gospel. And I said, hey, guys, we did something called a hackathon. Have you heard of a hackathon before? It's like a retreat for geeks. <laughs> Woo! Love it. Well, you take a big problem, and in a really short amount of time, typically like a day or two, you create the best you can a solution to that problem. So I said, hey, guys, um, I just found out this horrible information. Uh, what do we do? This crazy thing happened. Two web developers, a communications manager of a charity, and then a psychotherapist who just happened to be there to help set up, they get together, they give up their whole weekend, and they buy the domain howtokillyourself.org. 
And instead of seven easy painless ways, or here's how to do it, the top of this website said, you're not alone. And there was videos and information. They won this hackathon. It was unbelievable. And ever since then, two and a half, three years ago, this team, people have been working on this project. You know what the cr crazy stuff is going on now? If I share this story to a group about this size, even smaller, at least half the time, someone will come up to me after crying before they even see me. And I'm like, what did I say? You know, no, they're crying because like, it just happened two months ago. Someone came up to me after and she's like, she's crying and she's like, two months ago, I went online to figure out how to kill myself. Cause that's what we do now with our problems and our secrets. And she's like, I landed on this website and it saved my life. I literally stopped. I didn't do it. I sought, sought help, sought counsel. And I'm like, this is a website. That's crazy to me. And so um, that was a first moment for me a few years ago where God opened up this, my eyes to what's p possible with technology. And then I've been since then on this kind of quest and journey. And like, I can't stop thinking about how technology is both changing us how it's becoming, like you spoke a couple weeks ago, how it's becoming an idol in our life, like drastically changing culture and us as individuals, but then also the immense opportunity that exists with technology, like that website. Like, after that website, we got the idea, and then people started buying up domains like howtomurder.com. And then we did one hackathon in Vancouver, and a team comes up to me. They're like, we need a domain. I'm like, uh-oh, what's the domain? They're like... We need to buy howtobuysex.com. I'm like, um, should we do that? Is that, is that, so I currently own um, howtokillyourself.org, howtobuysex.com, and faithtech.com, and, and a slew of other horrible websites. But we're not doing terrible things with them, right? Like you go on the how to buy sex website, and literally right at the top, it's like, how do we help? Here's, here's why this isn't a good idea. Because this team in Vancouver found out that 3% of men every month in the city were going online to figure out how to meet up with a prostitute. And they are like, we need to do something about that. Um, and so, yeah, it's been this amazing journey God's had, had me on to try to understand deeply how tech's changing us and the insane opportunity. So Faith Tech as a group now, we're... Uh, in cities, in about five or six or seven cities now, where people are gathering regularly, eat a meal together, and then teams get together and actually like code and build technology, like websites, applications that um, are advancing the gospel around the world. It's absolutely incredible. Like yeah. I, don't, I don't know about you, when I first got to know James and started hearing about some of the stuff that they were doing, the organization they started, I was blown away. Mm. I think sometimes the way that we respond to tech, even to some of the stats I shared two weeks ago, are like, yeah, yeah. I'm just not going to touch it, which is really unrealistic. Right. Um, but then I also talked about how technology is actually part of our created intent and created yeah, purpose yeah, yeah. as being people created in the image of God to go and create and create technology. Can you share more about how we see that theme throughout the oh, scriptures? Man. Yeah, I'm so grateful that you did that. Um, the first time when I got into all this, someone said the phrase, the theology of technology. And I'm like, you said that because it rhymes, you know? And then, I was, and then I was like, what does that mean? What does the theology of technology mean? That seems like a complete waste of time. 
And then I read, started reading on this, and there's literally like books. People have written books to try to understand how God uses his people and uses technology and new innovations at the time to do and advance his gospel. And so then I started learning about all these crazy stories. So in Genesis, you get this amazing, you're in the image of God. And then he says to Adam, hey, name animals. And you're like, oh, that's, that's kind of cool, right? And it's like the first technology in a way. It's like language can be a technology. And so he, he starts naming these animals and he says, you're created. The creator created us to be creative, to create. So even, I don't know about you, but when, when I'm working, do you ever feel like, what is the point? Like, why am I doing this? Is it, and, and mostly we're like, it's for a paycheck and that's it. But you know what's amazing? The Bible doesn't actually speak that about your role. He says, yes, you want to work. You, you want to make money. You want to, you want to take care of those that are around you. Take care of yourself. But also, I created you to build, to create, to add value, to, to help the world multiply, to help the world grow. And so in the very nature of you creating, adding value, working, you can reflect the creator in where you work. So anyway, that's a little side note of something really cool. And then I started looking through different stories. Uh, you guys know the story of Noah? Yeah, the story of Noah, right? God's like, build this huge boat in the desert. And Noah's like, my Lord is on drugs. What is going on? This makes no sense. But what did he do? The Lord gave him the blueprint. He gave him the technology, the way to create it. So he creates this thing, and it saves the people. Man, um, two and a half years ago, um, about two years ago, actually, my wife got pregnant with our second child. And she's going along about a month in, and then just around Christmas time, um, uh, she started bleeding. And so we went into the hospital, and we found out that um, my wife had uh, what's called, super technical term, subchorionic hematoma, which I was confused highly about. And essentially, it was a blood clot near the baby. And the next three months, my wife was in and out of the hospital down at McMaster, and we live in Kitchener. And then at about 26 and a half weeks, my daughter was born. And it was a crazy, crazy moment. I remember, actually, I was here in Guelph with a friend. Uh, he said something profound, wrote for coffee, and I was like, i got to put that on my phone. And it's like 18 missed text messages and three phone calls. And so I call my wife, Karen. I'm like, what's going on? She's like, I'm, I'm rushing down to McMaster. Um, I, I think we're going to have a baby. And I'm like, the baby is tiny. Like, that you shouldn't have the baby right now. And so we end up at McMaster. <laughs> I was like, come on, get, get yourself organized here. Um, and so, so we drive down. I meet her at McMaster. And um, suddenly we found ourselves, and we're in, a, we're in one of the labor rooms, and there's six nurses and two doctors all scrambling around. And what happened was they couldn't find the heartbeat of my daughter. And then my wife, simultaneously, her blood pressure and her heartbeat, everything starts dropping, and they're, they're afraid we're going to lose both. And so they rush my wife off into the operating room. And I'm, this was actually a, quite a moment for me, because I'm left in this room for like 15 minutes, and I'm like, what is about to happen here? 
And I just remember this moment of every feeling I think in my body came out from anger to frustration to confusion to grief. And I just remember turning to my phone and typing out all of my feelings in my phone. I've got this recording of all these spelling errors, but it's all this like emotion I was going through in this moment. Well, they came back and my wife ended up being fine. My daughter was okay. She had like 16 wires connected to her. When I saw her, it was more wire than, than flesh. And we spent three months living uh, in Hamilton at, um, uh, at, at the hospital, essentially. And what happened was I remember about three months later, just before we were leaving, I sat down with the doctor. And the doctor goes, 20 years ago, the likelihood that your daughter survives is about zero percent and it nailed me and I said I looked at that journey and I said one God uses technology in the most profound beautiful ways and gave me this example just as he did throughout history so even in Noah that's the weird connection with Noah I guess why God put that in my heart um, is that he, he lays out the blueprint and he says, I'm going to use this, this weird, unique technology no one had seen to save the people. And then a few other cool narratives. Uh, you get to the story of Moses with Exodus. The invention of the tablet in Exodus. Anyone? Worst joke ever. Um, but what happened was uh, phonetic alphabet and writing onto a tablet like that was invented right around the exact same time as when God chose to put his Ten Commandments on tablet. And up until then, it was all an oral tradition. So he says, I'm going to use this new way of communicating, and I want you to have this so you don't forget exactly how I want you to remember this covenant with you. And then you've got all these stories throughout Scripture. Another one is Jesus. Here's a question I was trying to think through. Why did Jesus die on a cross? Why was it a cross? Like, there's many ways he could have died. Uh, He could have drowned. Um, He could have been executed in many other ways. Why was it a cross? Well, one of the most, one of the reasons is that Jesus uh, was most likely a carpenter and built and created with wood. And what happened on the cross was the very thing that he would have worked on his hands with, with wood, creating things for people, building God says, I'm going to redeem the very thing that you would have worked on, that you would have created with, that you would have built with, the very thing that society said, this is the most horrific thing that we can imagine to do to a human. We're going to bring all that together and redeem it on the cross. And then you you get into Acts and this thing called the Pax Romana where you had roads and language and all of this emerging all at the exact same time that could advance the gospel quickly. Um, and then you get into Revelation. It says God's going to create a new heaven, uh, a new city that we could live in. And the Greek word is actually particularly city versus town. And city is a place known for innovation, for new things, for creation. God says, I'm going to redeem that thing. I'm going to build a new city. And so... Um, There's all these stories throughout scripture, actually, where God says, no, be careful with technology. It can destroy, it it can become the thing we worship, and simultaneously, it's something I want to use and create and innovate with. And so that changed my framework for, for what we even do with technology. Yeah, so I'd imagine you have, because of the work now that you do, it's like a job you created for yourself, sort of mm. one of the parts of this that you didn't 
share is right. kind of said, like I kind of, kind of came, came into Faith Tech. Right. But Faith Tech is something you started. Right. And since then, starting with the website about suicide, you've yeah, yeah. continued to do other things. And as a result, one of the, one of the times I came to visit you were in Communitech in, uh, in Kitchener. You're showing me around all these incredible spaces and innovators. What are some of the most exciting things that you're seeing on the front lines of technology mm. or how people of faith are using technology for God's kingdom and God's glory and his purposes in the world? Yeah. Well, it goes from simple to kind of out there. Um, so simple would be these websites. Simple would be um, using our, our phones and, and using the, the opportunities we have around social media and things like that to advance the gospel. And then it goes to out there. So um, in March, we're about to do this event in Bangkok, Thailand called the Global Missional AI Summit. So if you've heard of artificial intelligence, most likely, like me, you're like, what is that? Um, is that going to kill us and destroy us one day? And um, we look at AI, we look at things like virtual reality. Did you know there's a VR church that just did baptisms in VR? Yeah, make that turn your head spin. It's like, what? How does that work? And then we're looking at VR, AI, um, blockchain, and gaming, all these things. And we're saying, how do we gather some of those people so there's crazy stuff going on in the world right now around these new technologies. Um, and for example, there is a group in the Middle East in a, a close country that's almost impossible for Christians to get into and declare the gospel who are bringing virtual reality headsets to do training in English. And what they do in the evenings is they bring in church planters and they train them how to start churches from different trainers from all around the world. And what this is, the reason that's impactful to me is that they're using technology to train in a way that we can't really right now. And so some really cool stuff happening in that space, AI, um, all sorts of crazy, wacky stuff. So, you know, I think what we're trying to see is Christians are literally like raising their hand being like, we want to do what happened with the printing press. When the printing press was invented, the first things that was created on it was the Bible. And it spread the message of the gospel all around the world very, very quickly. And what we're starting to see now is people rising up to be like, how do we leverage and use and build technology in the same way, and in the same way to advance the good news of Jesus around the world? So that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Hebrews 12, 1 to 2, we looked at it last week. Um, yeah, yeah. want to look at it today, and we're going to be looking at it again next week yeah, yeah. about throwing off anything that prevents us from running the race with yeah, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. But the point is also that there are things that we want to still have that allow us to run the race with Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So talk to us a little bit about from the everyday consumer, hmm. what, are, what do you think is, is some of the ways we can lean in there and mm -hmm. how technology can be an opportunity for us to run the way, race more intensely? Well, I, I thought, why don't we try something first to think this through? So um, if you've got your cell phone on you, why don't you pull that out? Mine's in my jacket. <laughs> so if you've got your cell phone, pull it out. This is like one time where it's all good. Pull out the cell phone in church. You're good. If you've got it on, you pull it out. And this is what I want to challenge you to do and invite you to do. Think of one person in your life right now that needs a word of encouragement, that needs a word of love, of, of something where you say, um, I'm praying for you right now. Something where you just say, hey, um, let's go out for coffee. I'm just sensing, I'd love to just sit down and talk with you. Maybe it's just like, I'm thinking about you right now. 
Think of one person in your life. This could be a friend. This could be someone that doesn't know Jesus. Someone that's going through something difficult right now that you just think, man, one text message, one message, I just want to share with that person how much I love and care for them. I actually invite you to do that. Let's do that right now together. Think of one person and send them either a text or jump on social media and send them a message. Um, I don't have my phone with me, but I would do that as well right now. Um, And then throughout the rest of the time, I would just encourage you, if they respond, respond back. Have a conversation with them right now. I had the opportunity two weeks ago to do this with a small group of 30 people. And one of the guys came up to me after, and he showed me the text thread. And he had sent a message to a friend that was going through a lot of stuff, and he just said, hey man, I just want to let you know I love you, you're not alone, I care about you. And he shows me the thread after. And the thread was, I'm, I'm not making this up, this person was thinking, like I shared with that first story, thinking about suicide. And he shows the thread, and the dude's like, no one has shared this with me in a long time. Like, just hearing the words, I love you and care about you. And so those guys are getting out for coffee together. Like, one word, and to me it's just an example of something so simple like our cell phone can be a vehicle to something so profound that God can do in and through us. And so for me, seeing that as an opportunity um, is enormous. Um, On the other side, too, as I think about culture, and actually I think about Hebrews. So Hebrews says, as you're messaging those people, uh, therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, that's how Hebrews 1 started, right? We just read it. So that's in context to Hebrews 11. And Hebrews 11 goes through this whole narrative of men and women throughout the whole Bible who had great faith. And it mentions people like Moses. I'm studying Moses right now, trying to understand. Moses was a murderer. Like, he killed a guy. And then you go through and you see all these David. David was also a murderer. And you see these horrible things these people done. And then Hebrews is like, they had great faith when they turned to God, when they turned to Yahweh. And then it says, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And to me, this was the game changer thinking. Um, that line, throw off everything that hinders, is so profound. I think what happens is we think, and I often think, is it sin or not sin? So if I'm going to watch a movie, and I'm just I'm tired, and I'm like, oh, I just want to throw on an action movie, and that's, that's, that's really what's going to keep me, get me the rest I need. And then an hour and a half goes by, and what, what, what's the feeling you have? Typically, it's like, anxiousness. You're like, that was intense movie. It's like, I'm not rested at all. Or like you throw on one show and then at the end of it, what Netflix and YouTube do now, which is in part the responsibility people in tech have to create technology in light of us as created beings, is that what do you have to do to not watch the next movie? You have to do something, right? Because it's just, it's coming. And it's getting shorter, by the way. It's now like half a second or like one second. You're like, no, oh, oh, but that looks good. Okay, I'll watch that. And then you watch like five episodes and binge watch, which by the way, that phrase binge watching is like a laughable cultural thing. Like when I say that, we all laugh. Binge watching, that's hilarious. I think it's actually deeply, deeply painful to God's heart. 
when we binge watch. Because what we've done is we now lack all the time, the energy to do the responsibilities God's called us to. And I think we've really moved into an area of sin very quickly. And so what happens for me is I go, okay, well, what, what entertainment should I watch? How do I rest, like true rest? What does that mean to me? And I, my framework for this for so long, and perhaps this is yours as well, which is like, is it sin or not sin? So me watching a show, watching Black Mirror, for example, is that sin or not sin? I'd be like, oh, I don't think that's sin. I'm good. And then Hebrews 2 comes along and it says, throw off everything that hinders in helping you run with Jesus. So then the question becomes, is watching that show, is spending that hour on Facebook, is, is engaging in that technology or in that entertainment helping me run with Jesus? That's the framework of the Christian life, right? And you might hear that like me when I heard that, and I'm like, that's insane. That's not fun. You're going to rip away all the joy in my life because now I can't watch my favorite show. But here's the thing I'm trying to learn is that, and, and the Lord is teaching me, is that the Christian life is worth it. The Christian life is worth it. In the last five weeks, five weeks ago, I asked a friend of mine, I said, hey man, I just want to open up the Bible every day. I, I've been intermittent, going you know, sometimes, sometimes. I just, I just want to open it every day, but I need accountability. So can I text you that I just read one verse, and that counts? Can that count? And he's like, yeah, we got it, we got it, that's good. And for the last five weeks, every day, I'll just, I'll just open up, and I could literally, I'm, I'm studying Hebrews right now, I could literally open up Hebrews and go, uh, and Jesus said, that, okay, that counts. And I could put it down and text my friend, right? Which is a great feeling. And what the Lord's done in these last like four or five weeks for me is that knowing that the only accountability there is that I just opened up the word, this method of texting has really helped me hold that accountability. And now the Lord's like, there's a hunger and thirst to just keep reading, keep studying, keep wanting to dive in to the word. Um, and so, yeah, I, I say that because I, I see the opportunities with the little things with technology that we can do like we did with your phone. But also, on the other hand, crying, trying to create a framework and holding ourselves to a standard that I think God holds us to to say, what kind of thinking do we want to have around what we allow into our lives and not that can be so consuming and change us in a way we don't want it to? Well, thank you, James, for yeah. challenging us this morning. If you want to know more and learn more about Faith Tech, some of the things they're doing, they have this incredible uh, video that you can find online, a partnership that they created with uh, Mission Aviation Fellowship, which is a, which is a Guelph. Their head office is here in Guelph mm -hmm. around uh, information sharing across the world from their pilots to like sort of a central yeah. uh, hub. You can find out more about them. And if you're in the tech industry and uh, you want to find out, hey, how can I get on one of these hackathons? Uh, come and talk to James because he would love to connect with you. Um, and, and really, this organization that you were like, hey, let's just kind of see where this goes has now mm. become a global thing. Yeah, yeah. And so, hey, just thank you so much for your Thanks, obedience, Maddie. your patience, and your faithfulness. Yeah, and can yeah. we thank James for being with us today? Yeah. Thanks, guys.
We'll invite the band back up, and uh, let's say a word of prayer and thank God for what we've been able to hear this morning. So thank you, Jesus, for what you're up to in this world. And yet again, we're mindful that you are continuing to do things, uh, Lord, uh, despite our obedience and despite our, our willingness to go along. And so we thank you for that. And, and because of that, we then have an invitation to participate with you. So I thank you for the way that, that James is participating with you, that the community that is being built around Faith Tech are participating with you. Um, in some ways responding, but in other ways being proactive about how technology, God, can be used and that there can be an opportunity as you call us to create, to invent, and to make. So God, I pray that we would be redemptive creators and that you would remind us of our calling and our purpose in this world to love and to care. So thank you, Jesus. We love you. Amen. If you would like uh, someone to pray with you, we'd invite you to come forward. Maybe some of the things that James shared this morning triggered even in your own heart, maybe issues of mental health, we'd invite you to come forward uh, and someone would love to pray with you.